Hello, everyone, and welcome. Thank you for tuning into the Ladder Rain Ministries. We invite you to visit our website at www.thelatterrain.org. And of course, please feel free to email us through there as well. We pray daily for our ministry to be a blessing to your life as we continue sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. We'd like to send a special hello to our friends that are following us in Lebanon. God bless you all. And also, we would welcome our newest visitors from Kenya. Welcome, dear friends. We're glad that everyone is here and joined us together. As always, we encourage you all to drop us a note and to say hello. We'd love to hear from folks. We'll continue now with our look into Proverbs as part of today's word. We will be looking at destructive attractions and how we need to be careful with them. There are so many things out there that are constantly trying to get our attention. And also, not just things, but people. There are toxic relationships that bring us down as opposed to helping us get closer to God's purposes for our lives. We'll talk more about these things a little further ahead. As part of today's prayer time, I would like to encourage you all to pray for world hunger. I know that many of us know about it, but is it something that is present in our minds? And even more than that, are we willing to do something about it? This is how prayer should work. Prayer doesn't only consist of talking to God about something in particular, but prayer should also change us change our mindset, our thoughts, to help understand the severity of the issue. And as always, we try to share some facts that will help put things into perspective. Our facts today come from dosomething.org, which is apropos to what we're saying today, where we learn the following. 11.3% of the world's population is hungry. That's roughly 805 million people who go undernourished on a daily basis. In 2010, an estimated 7.6 million children, more than 20,000 a day, died. Poor nutrition plays a role in at least half of these deaths. Almost one in every 15 children in developing countries dies before the age of five, most of them from hunger-related issues. When a mother is undernourished during pregnancy, the baby is often born undernourished as well. Every year, 17 million children are born this way due to a mother's lack of nutrition before and during pregnancy. Similarly, women in hunger are so deficient of basic nutrients, like iron, that 315,000 die during childbirth from hemorrhaging every year. So it's a big and real problem. Jesus talked about helping people in need when he said, then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Sometimes people complain about how bad the world is and all of the bad things that happen and where is God in all of this. And the point that many people miss is that these issues happen for a reason, so that we do something about it. Because if we don't, 
How can anything get fixed? God can do anything, but He is waiting for us to do something. That's why there is a judgment. So let's not only pray for this issue, but let's pray for guidance on how to actively help the need in a practical and tangible way. The Bible teaches us that we are not saved by works, but it does also teach that faith without works is dead. So let's pray so that our faith can be a living faith with a lot of good works to help our fellow man. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace, for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the salvation and the forgiveness we have through him, because he is the one that makes everything possible. And thank you that because through him is that we can come to you, Father. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you please help us to have soft hearts. Help us, O oh Lord, to be mindful of those that have much less than we do. Help us, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, to be able to, to not just pray about this, about people that are that just need something as, as simple but yet as critical as food. But help us to do something about it. Help us, O oh Lord, to actively look for opportunities and how we can help. Because, Lord God, your desire is that we do something based on our faith. That we should be able to show our love to you through other people, Lord God, through what we do for them. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us not only to be hearers, but also doers of your word. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you help us to have sensitive and soft hearts, Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus now, O Lord, that you please guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, and help us to understand clearly what is it that you want to share with us. I pray for every person listening. I pray for everything in their lives. You know them inside out. Heavenly Father, I just put it all before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we'll continue our series on the book of Proverbs. Our scripture reading can be found in Proverbs chapter 5, which will be a little lengthy, so be patient. And this is what we read. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding, that you may preserve discretion, and your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lay hold of hell. Lest you ponder her path of life, her ways are unstable, you do not know them. Therefore hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel one, lest aliens be filled with your wealth and your labors go to the house of a foreigner, and you mourn at last when your flesh and your body are consumed, and say, How have I hated instruction, and my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly and congregation." Drink water from your own cistern, and running water from your own well. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be only your own, and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed, and rejoice with the wife of your youth. As a dear, loving, and graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times, and always be enraptured with her love. For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman and be embraced in the arms of a seductress? 
For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. His own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his sin. He shall die for the lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. In today's passage, we can see the great importance of wisdom and knowledge for two critical reasons. The first aspect we can visualize is how this passage refers to a bad or illicit relationship, which is a direct point it tries to drive. The passage talks about a woman, but this can be generalized to both a man as well as to a woman. When someone is up to no good, the tactic is usually very similar among all people, by showing themselves to be someone very attractive and alluring and seducing. This is one of the major problems of why people fall into the problems they do. Most people think that Satan's going to go and show up all red or dark-featured with his horns, maybe a long tail, a pitchfork, and whatever other appearance has been associated with him. But that is definitely not his usual attire, if you will. The Bible explains to us that he disguises himself as an angel of light. So he pretends to be something friendly and welcoming, sincere, attractive, enticing, and accommodating. And of course, he will use people that are susceptible to his games. For instance, one of the main ways that young people are drawn into gangs is when gang leaders or recruiters, because they do have recruiters, try to show impressionable young people, especially those that seem to come from a broken home or have some sort of vulnerability, that they offer some sort of alternate family. They offer a brotherhood, a sense of belonging somewhere, that if you become one of them, you become part of something that will always be a part of you and that you will be a part of them, unparalleled loyalty. That's the hook. They make inductees feel important, valuable, special, and so on. And many times, they don't have to work very hard at it. They just give them a little taste of something. In a different scenario, that's how people attract others to get them to do whatever it is they want. A woman can make a man feel special, wanted, needed, enlarge their ego, but in the end, she's trying to just feed her own need or desire, whatever that may be, and vice versa. Men do the same thing. Everybody does everything exactly the same way. Both try to implement their tools of manipulation to just try to get what they want and what they need and just to fulfill their desires. Why is this a bad thing? Well, selfishness is one of the most destructive things in the world. When a person has an inordinate amount of selfishness or mainly just thinks about what they want, they don't care what happens to the other person or how that may affect other people. They basically roll over everything and everyone in their path, leaving a trail of collateral damage all around them. Let's put this in a scenario that affects relationships and something that the Bible calls adultery, which relates to people having an affair or sexual encounters outside of the marriage. This passage is mainly about this issue and how a person should remain faithful and loyal. When you have two people that are selfish that find themselves through the course of life, assuming one or both of them are married to other people, and they see someone they like or desire or whatever it is they caught their attention, because they are selfish, they will only think about feeding the desire they feel at the moment. Their selfishness will take them to destroy their marriage, their children's lives, if they have children, and so on. Because when a person is self-centered, they're only thinking about one thing, what they want, and they don't pay attention to what their desire could affect, what kind of damage their actions could cause, who they might hurt, etc. 
It's all about them. Do you understand what we're trying to explain here? That's what makes a person very dangerous, ultimately a puppet in Satan's hands. What makes a person like that as destructive as they can be is that they don't necessarily set out to destroy things and to sabotage other relationships. They're almost oblivious to that. By them being oblivious to their own temptations and evil desires, they don't even see what they're doing as something bad. Actually, they think that everything is just fine because their focus is set only on what they want and that's it. They have blinders to everything else. They're not looking for anyone else's well-being, not even their own. They're so blind that they cannot see anything clearly, not even their own self-destruction and least of all, other people's destruction. So they do things with little to no regard for anything or anyone. And that's what makes them so useful to Satan. They don't think they're bad people. The other way that we need to look at this passage is that this woman that is referred to is also the world. We have to be very careful with this world because it is under Satan's rule. God is a God of the universe, but make no mistake. Satan is the prince of this world and he tries to exercise his dominion as much as possible on it and on everything and everyone that's in it. This is what the Bible explains in Ephesians chapter 2. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and whereby nature children of wrath, just as the others. The Bible also says this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So we need to be very careful with the world and its desires because they ultimately represent everything that Satan uses to draw us away from God. The world and everything in it is always calling out to us, beckoning us, trying to lure us into its illusions and vanities, trying to make us think that the only thing that matters is the here and now and never to worry about what happens after. Does this mean that we have to lock ourselves somewhere and never come out? Absolutely not. We need to learn how to live in the world and take in the good and of course drop or ignore what is evil. That is where God's wisdom comes in. It's the best filter we could ever have. This is ultimately what we need to keep in mind. Whether it is a person, a toxic relationship, or the world, we need to keep in mind that they really don't care about what happens to you and me. They're only looking to satisfy their own desires. Whether it be a person or people or the things of the world, if they are being utilized by Satan, what good do you think can ever come out of any of them? Satan is only after one thing. He doesn't want to spend eternity in hell by himself. He wants to have as much company as possible suffering together with him, and he will do whatever it takes to lure you into that trap. Even try to seem sweet, kind, alluring, safe, accommodating, welcoming, loving, absolutely whatever it takes to draw you away from God and into darkness. And the only way that we can filter through all of that, through everything, is being able to discern between good and evil, life and destruction, love and hate, is through the wisdom that can only come from God. 
And that wisdom will only come when you fear the Lord. It doesn't happen any other way. So if you want to stay away from any kind of trouble in your life and be able to take care of those things that truly do matter, look for the Lord and for His wisdom every day, all the time. If you seek the Lord with all of your heart, you will surely guard your life against anything that may bring about your own self-destruction and the destruction of those around you. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord. Lord, because again, you, you always want to guide us. You always want to understand the ground that we're stepping on. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, help us, O Lord, to not give in to our weaknesses. Help us, O Lord, to be able to see beyond ourselves. Help us to always look to you, Lord God, and help us to look less to ourselves. Heavenly Father, help us not to be selfish people. Because when we only think about ourselves and about only what we want and about what we need and about what we desire, then Lord God, then we're so consumed by that that we forget about everything else. And then that forgetting about everything else is that we really start hurting everyone around us, including ourselves. Because sooner or later, Lord God, our selfishness will bring about our own self-destruction. Nothing can be built through selfishness. Heavenly Father, help us to be conscious of that. Help us to be able to seek after you and to see you and to learn from you. Because Lord God, you are complete opposite. You are not about selfishness, but rather you are a giving God, a loving God. Heavenly Father, you are a caring God. That you cared about us to the point that you gave your only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross. To give something that we did not deserve. Despite the fact that we were your enemies. Despite the fact that we were doing everything that was opposed and against you, Lord God. You still loved us to that point of surrendering what was most valuable to you. You surrendered it for us on the cross. Heavenly Father, help us not to take lightly that sacrifice, that love that you have for us. The things that you allow for us to experience each and every day just by your say-so. Heavenly Father, help us, O oh Lord, to be sensitive to you and to seek your wisdom, to seek your understanding, to know that you are God and that you are Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. Please feel free to write us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.